Good morning and welcome to the Thundergrads podcast. We are live in the 405 here to talk some Thunder basketball, NBA basketball. I am Michael Martin. I am your host today and joined as always on every Monday and Thursday. Mr. Miles Hartman is with me. Miles, how you doing? I'm doing good, Big Mike. How you doing, bro? Doing all right. We get that big OU Texas win. Uh, get some NBA basketball about a week away from the regular season. Couldn't no complaints. Yeah, life is good right life now. Life is good. Yeah, life is good for us. Not as good for the Thunder as they <laughs> lose by twenty. Final score against the Milwaukee Bucks last night: one thirty, one ten. The Bucks win, and it didn't even seem that close at times. I mean, the Bucks put up eighty in the first half. But, you know, we try to put a positive spin and we try to learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Um, so what were your main takeaway or maybe something the Thunder can work on after this one? Man, I feel like the biggest takeaway from last night's game would have to be to be aggressive defensively. But you got to understand that comes with uh, time and maturity with the lineup that the Thunder brought out with SGA and, J- and JG and the backcourt and Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, JRE. In the front court, I feel like this is a very young, young lineup. A lot of room to grow, uh, especially with under the leadership of SGA being the guy moving forward with this Thunder franchise. It was, it was just uh, they couldn't be able to capitalize on on the defensive end. But you got to understand that's not their fault. Going up against the reigning champs, the Milwaukee Bucks, you have. One of the most dominant players in our league right now that we're seeing in Giannis. So Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday coming right. off that ring, coming off playing in the Olympics, winning gold, a lot of confidence. So it's like their confidence is through through the roof right now. You're going against a young team where the the leader is 23, 23 years old. So it's like I don't know. I definitely feel like with um when when you were watching the game it was just like Giannis it was having his way in the paint going up going up against guys like Bays and JRE he was just doing whatever he wanted on on both ends of the floor so I feel like that was my main takeaway but um yeah that's not their fault that uh they had to go against the reigning champs and they had they only they got they gave them like 80 points in the first half so I don't know we'll see how that um plays out moving forward that's just my main takeaway is just being aggressive on the defensive end. Yeah, just don't let things just happen. Make some sort of effort. Um, not that they're not playing hard, but play hard and try to create those turnovers. Try to create those opportunities for yourselves. Because I don't think one-on-one we're, anyone on this Thunder team is stopping Giannis. There's hardly anybody in the league. But yeah. just, you know, defense by committee, playing on a string together. This is something that will happen. We've talked about it. I'll say it again and again. Young teams tend not to be able to defend, especially whenever you have a bunch of guys who are young who have never played with each other. Like Defense is also just a chemistry thing and knowing where other guys are going to be. But for my takeaway, Lou Dort is a shooter, Miles. Yeah. 11 of 20 from the field in preseason, that's 55%, including 7 of 12 from three. That's 58% from three. I don't think he can keep that up all year, but that's pretty good. <laughs> but, I mean, he's really showing improvements as, like, a ball handler. Um, we already talked about shooting, but as a finisher as well, he was getting in the lane and finishing really strong over some bigger guys, Rick Lopez, Giannis. A lot of length from a really good, like we talked about, really good defense team that just won the championship. But he's making threes at this rate, and being able to attack closeouts and getting in the lane makes him so much more dangerous because now – He's not in that Andre Robertson thing. And then he's not also just a shooter. Like, he makes you guard him. 
so he's going to be somebody who it's like, you don't want to guard me? Well, I'm going to rain threes. If you want to pull up on me, then I'll go around you and I'll either get a layup, foul, or I'll dish it out to somebody who hits a three. So my that was definitely something that stood out to me. But on top of that, like, should we reevaluate how good Lou Dort can be? Because I know coming into this season, a lot of people talk about us included, Thunder fans, uh, talking about which player for the Thunder can make a leap. And, you know, the, you hear the names. It's like Poku, Shea, Baze. But have we overlooked how good Dort can be? I feel like when you ask me that question, I feel like a lot of people seem to underst- understand that Lou Dort is Lou Dort. He's going to be he's he's gonna lock down um he's gonna be that lockdown defender. He's gonna be uh one of the main leading scorers on his team. So I feel like a lot of people aren't really overlooking him. They just sort of expect him to do that. But I would say that the ceiling is a little bit higher than what we see, and I feel like he's worked on that in the offseason. Um, it is important to be a shooter in, this, in today's league right now that we're seeing. So, But if I feel, you can shoot, you can defend, you can handle, you're going you're to you're be in this league for a long time. Right. Like, especially if you shoot at this rate, like you could be an all-star at some point, which I don't think anyone – saw that endured, especially with him being a second-round pick, barely making the team, two-way guy. Like, the ceiling just keeps going higher and higher. And I feel like that's, as an NBA player, you can't really limit yourself to being, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to only defend, I'm going to only that, – that, I feel like that only worked in, like, the 90s and the early 2000s with guys like Dennis Rodman knowing their role as, like, a defensive player. Yeah, if you're only going to defend, you got to be Ben Simmons. Right. Like, you have to be incredible. So I feel like Dort is just like, you know what? I have to expand my game a little bit. I have to show that, you know, I could I could hang with Shea. I could hang with I could hang with um uh Baisley. I could be a number two option or maybe a number three option for this franchise moving forward. So let's see how that plays out. No, for sure. And you've already passed the thing that people are worrying about, like, can you play him in the fourth quarter? Right. Is he going to get played off the floor? Because it's like, well, just leave him open. Like, you saw Thunder team saw that over and over and over with Andre Robertson, Tabo Cephalosha. But it looks like they've finally found that guy who can be that 3 and D guy who can guard the best player on the other team, lock them down, and then hit knockdown shots. And mind you, you don't, he's only like 6'3". Yeah, he's the shortest player on the roster. Right. <laughs> he might be built like the Hulk, but he is the s- shortest player on this roster. Man, Lou Dort. Incredible. Um, another takeaway I had, just small thing. Uh, shout out Trey Mann. Trey Mann looked a lot better. He looked okay. way more comfortable. You're Florida guy. Yes, confident, sir. under control. Uh, Mark Dagnalt said in practice that he is yelling at Trey Mann when he does not shoot open threes. But you can you can see that he didn't look as nervous. He looked under control. He was getting to the basket more, getting that floater. He didn't hit any threes. But just keep taking them. You're a shooter. This is what you. It was also nice to see guys like Mamadi Diakiti, guys who I've seen in college, like uh, Diakiti and Trey Mann, who are talent who were talented when they played in college. But it's also nice to see them coming to their own in the league and getting getting comfortable and getting their feet wet. Um, getting more minutes uh, and understanding that, you know, I can maybe hang, I can make, I can't, you know, start, be a starter, but I can maybe be a a liability off the bench moving forward with the Thunder franchise. Yeah. Can you be somebody who contributes to this team and be helpful and be a rotational piece later on when this team is ready to compete? That's mm-hmm. a big question. 
But um, you mentioned it in your big takeaway about Thunder defense. But I want to ask you about, you know, the defensive woes. They give up 81 points in the first half. The Bucks were shooting like 80% in the first half, which is just insane. So I was wondering, with these defensive woes, what are some of the possible adjustments maybe or things that you would look to change for the Thunder? Not necessarily to make them – they're not going to just be a top-five defense overnight, but how can they make those strides to just improve each day? Man, you might clown me for this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I feel like – Maybe taking you back to the AAU days and play a zone, play a zone defense. I feel like what's the problem with making that switch and just avoiding guys being put on the island? You had um, guys on the Bucks going, having their way any at any point in the throughout the game. You had a uh, Jordan Norwa who was just he dropped fifteen. This is a guy. 15, 8, and 3. He's never played – well, he's never played in those type of minutes and, like, shown that he can maybe, you know, I can – he was looking like um, Chris Middleton out there. He was, he was getting buckets either way. So I feel like maybe switching to a zone defense, that would definitely help the Thunder moving forward. And, but, and it helped out for a lot of teams. You got to understand, my Miami Heat, we made it to the finals – Two years ago in the twenty for in the twenty twenty in the bubble, playing a two three zone. Toronto for a lot of times. Exactly. A lot of zone. So it's like, you know, why not try something new? Why not play that play that zone defense and maybe give guys a break instead of putting them on an island and having to defend one person and then just leaving the lane right open instead of just, you know, maybe playing a two three, boxing one, see how that works out. No, definitely switch it up the same way you do on offense. I think zones are kind of contingent on who you're playing because you're playing a great shooting team. They'll shoot you right out of that zone. I think you're more in a trap where you have to guard teams. But if you're playing a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting, then yeah, go ahead and play a zone. Switch it up. But um, for me, if I had to fix some of these things, I keep saying it, Young's teams don't defend. We need to get some of the vets back. Like guys who didn't play last night, no Gabriel Deck, no Isaiah Roby, no Kenrich Williams, no Derek Favors. A lot of young guys on this team – especially at the center position, which traditionally in the NBA, that's who your defensive middle linebacker, your quarterback is. So if you have somebody who doesn't know where they're supposed to be, let alone where other people are supposed to be, you're going to have some problems. So just having somebody, I mean, you saw it last year with Al Horford, just having somebody who's solid and experienced and knows where to be and knows where to tell people where to be, that's what I'm expecting from Derek Favors, and I think that can help them out. Yeah, I feel like, Having that veteran leadership, having, you know, I always refer back to my Miami Heat. I don't know why. A guy like Udonis Haslam, guy, a guy that he's got it out the mud. He's uh, shown time and time again that um, he has the experience to have the longevity that he has in his um, NBA career. And just just taking these young guys under their wing and be like, hey, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. Okay, you need to do this. You need to Look at this a certain way. Maybe switch that up. You know, guys like that, that'll help out Shea, uh, JG, and Dort moving forward. We had a couple years ago Chris Paul on this team. I definitely feel like that made a big improvement with Shea's development and just gave him the push that he needed to become the guy for this franchise. So I feel like a veteran a veteran uh, player for this, um, just being out there on the floor with these young guys is definitely important moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And on top of that, I just say, because 
obviously the hole is at center on defense for a lot of these things. That's the elephant in the room is that there's nobody really to protect the rim. So you can supplement that in the ways, like you said, playing in a zone. Or, you know, you can funnel drivers to either baseline or force everything into the paint where everybody and then have everybody scramble the shooters. But there are ways to try different things. But at the same time, this is not a final roster. This is not something I get too worried about. But we'll see in the regular season because I, Mark Dagnall has even said, they asked him, how much work are you getting into your sets? And he said, well, it's kind of hard to do that because other teams aren't running their stuff. So even if we ran our plays, we can't really get a good feel if they work because we're running against this base defense like guys are playing pickup or just low-level stuff. Only time will tell, though. We'll see. What ha- sure. We'll see what happens. You mentioned Chris Paul earlier. Chris Paul's with the Suns. I wanted to talk about the Suns and some of their younger guys who are in free agency here. You know, Luca, Trey, Shea, MPJ were all in that same draft as DeAndre Ayton and uh, Michael Bridges, and they all got extended except for Bridges and Ayton. I was just wondering, especially with this Suns ownership, which has never liked spending. I mean, they've given up chances to compete for championships, like giving up uh, selling draft picks, not going over the luxury cap. The Suns are already over the luxury cap with that Chris Paul deal and Devin Booker on top of the rest of their salaries. So they'd have to go deep into the luxury tax to get Bridges and Aiton, who look like they're on track to sort of get around a max deal. That's where the Thunder come in, Miles. Yeah. The Thunder, $33 million in free money next season. The Thunder are not somebody who gets free agents, but both these guys are going to be on restricted deals, and they can sign them to an offer sheet. So my question is, in a hypothetical world, more you know, 99% chance this is not going to happen. But let, let's have some fun. If you could have one of these two guys, Aiton or Bridges, sign with the Thunder, which guy are you picking and why? You got to understand, though, with these two Sun, Sun players, I like both of them. There's no wrong answer. That's what I'm saying. You can't go wrong with either one of these guys uh, coming over to play for the Thunder. I want both. But to answer your question... I'm going to have to go with – oh, I'm going to have to go with DeAndre Aiden. Tell me about it. I'm going to have to go with uh, Aiden. The reason why he's a versatile big, we've seen his talent uh, progress over the years, uh, and especially in that finals run with the Suns. He was just having his way um, inside the paint, and I feel like if you bring him over to and put him in this Thunder roster, you have help in that backcourt with JRE and Poku. And he can also be an offensive liability as well. He got a very talented guard in SGA, uh, playing alongside a talented guard in SGA. Well, a little bit of, it's like a, it's like a, how do I put this? It's like a Dollar General version of Shaq and Penny. Yeah. Yeah, you got that. Something, something like that. And you also have, and you also have, um, he's also a defensive liability as well. Um, just a threat inside the paint. And there's no knock on Markel Bridges, though, but you got to understand, if you bring over a Markel Bridges instead of, instead of Aiden, you, have, you already have a 3ND guy like Dort on this roster. So I feel like if you, if you get a, bit, a talented big, a young talented big like Aiden, it'll definitely help the Thunder moving forward. And I feel like Aiden would be a better fit for this team instead of instead of Michael Bridges, though. No hate, though. No. But it's just... No hate at all. Um, I guess, you know, Aiden, I really like also. Big man. 
we've talked about this before. I think that bigs, you don't draft them at the top of the draft unless you are sure they can be that guy. They can be a really important piece on a team that wins a championship for you, which he's shown that he could maybe be one of those guys. He, You know, you have Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker, that helps. But he wasn't getting any help guarding AD and Jokic, which he guarded both those guys really well. Jokic talked about it, about he gave him problems, just being disciplined. I mean, he guarded Giannis well, other than whenever he wasn't in foul trouble. And still, there's so much more room for improvement. He's a great free throw shooter. He catches lobs. He blocks shots. I think at some point, he's going to be able to stretch the floor and get to three. But you can't go wrong with DeAndre Ayton. I'll talk a little bit about Michael Bridges. You know, you get a guy who's like 6'9", super long arms. Like, he makes Shea look not very long. Like, this yeah. guy can you know, spread his arms and he gets the whole free throw line. It's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, he's he can guard one through four, some fours, depending on how big they are. He shoots 43% from three on roughly five threes a game. He shoots 84% from the line, which is another good indication. The only real red flag is that he's already 25, which who cares? It's not a huge, huge deal. I don't think that's a big red it's flag. It's not a big one. But, I mean, you're just talking about the Thunder's rebuilding, guys. I mean, Shea's not – Shea just turned 22, I think. Josh Giddy. Late happy birthday. Turned 19 yesterday. Oh, yeah, he did. Happy birthday, JG. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, with Bridges, he could hypothetically get more money than Aiden because we've seen that the center position is just not as valued. Mm -hmm. And you always need that guy who can guard the best players in the NBA. Like we were talking about Lou Dort. If you can hit threes and you can guard the best players in the NBA, you are going to get a lot of cash. And if you can get Dort – and Bridges on the same team, just Nobody, locking people up. The offensive up. team, the other team is not scoring. So hear, hear me out on this. We, okay. we have insert center, whoever that is. Okay. <laughs> Shea, Dort, Giddy, Bridges. Like, there's so much versatility on that on offense and defense. That's not. And you're spreading the floor. You How do you score against that? And the other side, they're scoring a lot too. Josh Giddy's getting all over to those guys who shooters. Shea's driving in there. You know, if Giddy can show consistent three-point shooting like these other guys. But, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited over something that won't happen, but I'm excited. <laughs> hey, one can dream, though. One can dream. Um, you know, we're talking about rookies like Josh Giddy. I just mentioned. It is time for award season, Miles. We're doing some predictions, just seeing how we do, you know, get them out of the way. Okay. So, for Rookie of the Year, who do you have, you know, top three? So, we'll start with your third and work up to one. For my first – for my – for the first uh, Rookie of the Year, I'm going to have to go – I'm going to have to go James Booknight. Mm-hmm. I feel like James Booknight – I like him. I don't know why. It's just he definitely shows flashes of, you know, I can I can get a bucket mm-hmm. whenever I want to on the court. I, he just has that – he just plays with that confidence. and. Whenever he steps on the floor, he's like, hey, I'm here. So it's like the league is going to be in trouble when he finally finds a rhythm and gets more aggressive. I understand that he's uh, he's only a, he's only a rookie, obviously. So I feel like when it comes to getting more comfortable, getting his feet wet, I feel like um, he'll, he'll definitely be fun to watch moving forward. Uh, going, going up against the Grizzlies uh, a couple nights ago, he dropped 17, 17 and four in twenty six minutes of play off the bench. That's nice. That's nice for a rookie. Yeah. Who else is doing that? Somebody else we're gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I feel like this is somebody who can definitely complement Lamelo Ball's play. 
um, and they have like a nice little fun, exciting, and young backcourt to watch moving forward. And maybe I don't want to jinx Terry Rozier, but I, he may take his spot in the starting lineup. I think we're going to speak that into existence. I, but I, I like scary Terry. I though. like him too, but get him on a, his own team. But I mean, even then, you have like him mixing with Gordon Hayward, who's a good playmaker at his size and position. You have just a lot of passers, a lot of ball handlers. Really exciting team. We talked about them on League Pass, but you guys, got, guys, you got guys that want to pass him the ball. Yeah. And he's like, not going to turn down shots. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. That's, he's going to be great to watch. How about second, though? My second one is going to have to be it's gonna have to be Jalen Green. I don't know. Where, I, it's just, that's the guy we were talking that's about. That's the guy. Jalen Green, he's, he's also another guy that's fun to watch. He's a problem. Um, I've been watching this guy, like I said in the last episode, he was on San Joaquin Memorial, Prolific Prep, and he played on that G League Unite team. He was his – he always he always understood that he was that guy and he needed to come come up and make big shots whenever he wanted to just having his way on the court and last and a couple nights ago against my Miami Heat he dropped 20 25 and 2 and only 28 minutes of play started by the way so he's already put in that role like hey I'm supposed to be the guy and he understands that that's what he's been having to go through his entire his entire basketball career so I feel like um, seeing Jalen Green, I wouldn't be surprised if that um, he's a rookie year, rookie of the year, and he has a lot to prove for himself personally. I feel like well, he wants to show he should have been the number one pick. Right, he's that's been, what he wants to show. Yeah, he's been talking about that a lot. But he's gonna have a lot of opportunities. I say this all the time, not in a negative way, but like for fantasy basketball, someone has to lead the team in scoring. Right, and that's gonna be him. But Jalen Green's in a definitely in a good position. He might be on my list. I don't want to give it away. But <laughs> who who's first on your list, Miles, before you get to mine? Who who's winning rookie of the year after this season? I'm gonna go with the dark horse on this who one. Who is that? I'm ready. The dark horse that I got to win rookie of the year is off night. Davion, Davion Mitchell. Mitchell. Really? Yes. Let's, let's hear it. I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but you know what? I don't care. Davion Mitchell is a problem, okay? You saw it in the Summer League. You saw it at Baylor. He's been doing this since high school. He is a problem. He, off- offensively and defensively, especially on the defensive end, showing that, you know, I can – you're going to have an off night against me. Hence you're going to have to work for it. Yes. You're gonna, I'm not going to let you have what you want. You're going to have to work for whatever you want on the floor when I'm guarding you. So, that being – and also, you got to understand, I'm – I love guys that go out there and aren't afraid to play defense. Mm-hmm. It's also rare to see in today's league that, you know, you got guys who don't want to get crossed, don't want to be on somebody's mixtape. He's going to take that responsibility and be like, you know what? He's going to embarrass you right. instead. Yeah. Right. So I feel like I feel like off night is definitely going to be – he's a fan favorite. I feel like um, playing on the Kings on this young, um, young roster, you got um, a fast – athletic guard and De'Aaron Flock and Tyrese Halliburton and you got guys you got him playing alongside um great scorers like Buddy Heald um Harrison Barnes and I feel like he's has he has a lot of room to grow and also room to like learn from his teammates as well so I feel like Davion Mitchell he could win rookie of the year for sure I mean he has a chance I think he'd have a better chance say if they traded for Ben Simmons later yeah get Fox Instead, out of the way, have somebody like Simmons who's driving all the time, who can kick, who matches 
some of the weaknesses of Mitchell just in terms of just overall size. Mm -hmm. But I like that. I like that. I was not ready for that. Really? Are, are you ready <laughs> for my picks, though? Okay, talk to me, Big Mike. Number three, Scotty Barnes. Okay. I mean, I've already told you, like, I think he could be Ben Simmons plus in a lot of ways, just, like, with more offense, which is more than zero. But, you know, Scotty Barnes is out here leading a really good team in assists as a power forward, small forward. We've already talked about young guys, and, like, he's coming into the league right now, and he can already defend four positions. Like, don't even question it. Don't even look at it. He's got it. And on top of that, he's playing for a really good coach, Nick Nurse, who's going to put him in the right spots. They have great player development. I think the shot is going to come over time. His shooting mechanics is all, are already getting better, but the ball handling is getting better. The passing is there. I just think he has a really good chance. Really? Really. I mean, this is also... You got to understand, he's very exciting to watch also. He's just that guy. He's, he's having just, a great time. He's, <laughs> he's just want to yell at people's face whenever he dunks. He just see the passion. He's just so excited to watch, and he's just having a fun time. Um, his season uh, got cut short when he was over at Florida State. Uh, another Florida guy, by the way, I've been following him since um, he was at U School and Montverde. So I'm rooting for Scotty Barnes to – to make an impact in this league. And he's just shown that, you know, he's just very athletic. He's very – he can be that point forward for – I mean, he's going to have five triple-doubles for right. the season. Right, so it's like – Yeah. I, I, I like that pick, by the way. I'm not even mad. So. I appreciate it. What's the other two? Um, Guy, you didn't mention, which I'm really upset about. How do oh. you not talk about Cade Cunningham? But I'm, you got to understand, though, from we going off what we see in preseason, though. I understand, like, what we see in preseason, but I also know that Cade is that guy. We, we, we understand that. We're on the same page on this. But it's, like, what we're seeing now. Yeah. So, but I'm not mad. I don't I'm, even need to see Cade. I'm picking him so number two. Why, why do you think Cade is winning Rookie of the Year, bro? Because Cade, I didn't say he's winning. He's coming in second. Okay. He's coming in second. Don't, don't switch my points like that. Okay. My bad, my bad, <laughs> my bad, it. my bad. But, um. Cage, you know, he's a guy who's going to be able to defend. He's already got that big body. He really improved last year as a shooter at OSU and showed that, like, because some of the questions were, like, you know, is he going to be Ben Simmons or he's a great defender, passer, ball handler, but, you know, can he shoot? Don't even have to worry about it. He can shoot. Like, he's going to shoot at some point 40% in the NBA from three at some point in his career or high 30s at some point. You know, he gets to the line. He shoots really well from the free throw line. And then we talked about this in the last pod about, like, Josh Giddy, Like, passing is a real thing and facilitating, and that's what he does. Like, he is one of the smarter players in this class, and he's going to be one of the smarter players in the league for years to come. I don't know if they're going to have – if he's going to have the scoring to do it, but like Scotty Barnes, like Giddy, we've talked about, he's going to stuff the stat sheet. He's going to have a triple-double here or there. Also, you got to understand – my man's a six eight, bro. Yeah, with that skill set, mm -hmm. it's gonna be a problem. That's what I'm saying. And then you mentioned Jalen Green. Jalen Green's gonna win Rookie of the Year. I like Jalen Green is gonna have the ultimate green light. No pun intended on Jalen Green's name. He's gonna take as many shots as he wants. They want him to be the next Harden. He's gonna score twenty a night. He is just going to have more opportunities than everybody else, regardless of their t if their team can win. I just think the stats are just going to be so overwhelming that people are going to have to give it to him. 
Wait, so quick question though. Who's who's whose team is this though? Jalen Greens or KPJ's? Kevin Porter Jr. needs to get out of the way. Whoa. Get out of the way. This is Jalen Green's team. My man's dropped 50, though. I could care less. <laughs> Jalen Green is the guy. This is his team. I mean, KPJ, maybe he can be a second or third option, but I'm not sold on that completely yet. I mean, he had a lot of opportunities last year, but they didn't really – it wasn't always efficient, and obviously it never equaled any winning. So we'll see what happens. But Jalen Green it can be that guy. He's going to lead the league in scoring one day. For many years. For, I'm yes. sure he'll have it for, for multiple many years. years. Yeah. But um, next, we're still in award season. Most improved player, Miles. People getting better every single year. Always working on your game. Who, Who's your third one? Most improved player. I'm going to have to go with our guy, SGA. SGA. Yes. I feel like he is going to make that leap and prove that, you know, I should be an all-star this season, After, like in midway through the season. I feel like he understands that, you know, I signed this big contract in the summer. I have to showcase that I'm here. This is my time. And I feel like his numbers are going to grow up in every category. So I feel like him being that guy showcasing that I've, I've gotten stronger this offseason. I can, I'm going to drive more. I'm going to have my way. I'm going to pull up, shoot for the three. I'm going to be that guy in clutch moments to score at will and create um, shot selection for my teammate as well, be smarter with the ball, also imp- also showing that, showing that, you know, I'm here. I This wasn't a mistake that Sam Presti made giving me this big contract. So I feel like mo- show- showcasing that um, he is that guy this upcoming season is definitely going to be important for SGA moving forward. For sure. I mean, Shea, Shea's not, you know, invincible in terms or not invincible, but he looks at social media just like us. He sees all this stuff about Trey getting to the conference finals and Luka supposed to be the next second coming of LeBron and all these things. And He's DeAndre, like, I want some. Yeah, DeAndre Aiden's making the finals. MPJ's getting really deep in the playoffs. Like, he – thinks he's rightfully so as good or better than a lot of those guys and I think he's definitely out to prove it I'm excited to see Shea and just see what he's really worked on I think that just in the preseason alone it seems like he's kind of coasting just to get it looks like he's really looking to pass to other guys to set them up to make sure that they're confident going into the season which no problem with that but doesn't exactly give us a great feel for what he's going to look like going into this season but that's not a bad pick who you got second I'm going to go with Lonzo Ball. Lonzo. I'm going to go with Lonzo. I feel like a guy that's – he's been bouncing around in the league a little bit. Uh, he's only in his, what, fourth year? Fourth or fifth. Fourth or fifth, something like that. As a number two pick, he had high expectations. Of when, he was over at, when he was over in L.A., you know, they, they put him on the same pedestal as Magic. Like, oh, my God, this is the next Magic Johnson. He's so talented, you know. Don't break all my records. He got all this. He got his dad um, show, um, showcasing that, you know, he's this is the chosen one. And that didn't work out. You know, they brought LeBron in. He was just like, no, nah, that's not happening. We want to win now. And he went over to New Orleans. He got a better – he got he improved on his shot. Um, he got rid of the, you know, the little wind-up across his body shooting formation. That was good to see that, that happened to him. He could, he's showing that, you know, he wants to get better and he wants to prove that he can be one of the elite point guards in the league for a long time. So I feel like this move to Chicago, you got 
all this talent around him and DeRozan, you got Vooch, you got Levine, the the bald eagle, Alex Caruso, your man. So it's, I feel like just having him play around these guys who want to score can definitely increase his assist numbers. And this is a guy that we saw at uh, Chino Hills who wants to pass the ball. So it's like I feel like him coming to his own and understanding that, you know, I can be one of these elite points. I can be a, a Rondo if I want to. I can, And he's even show, showcasing that, you know, you're going to have to step up and try to uh, close out on me because I'm going I'm to hit the three if you leave me open. So For sure. And a definitely underrated defender uh, going to his fifth year, I just checked. But definitely underrated defender. I didn't think Lonzo would be on any of these lists. He was my third pick. I thought he was a dark horse. But no. here's on both of our A lists. lot of people are expecting this man to have a breakout season but out in Chicago. While we're talking Lonzo, I might as well just mention it so we can get this out of the way. But I really love – I mean, it's a small sample size in the preseason. He's shooting 11 of 16 from three, 69% from three in the preseason. That That's nice. That's pretty good. That's, that's tough, That's bro. good. He shot 38% from three in the last two years, and I think he's finally found his ideal role, which I don't think he's had since basically – high school UCLA, yeah. where I don't think he's a traditional bring-the-ball-up-the-floor point guard, but whenever you get him in these fast breaks like you saw all those lobs to Zion last couple of years, you're seeing it now with uh, DeRozan and Zach Levine and some of these other guys. You know, Billy Donovan had some success in Oklahoma City with that three-guard lineup, and I think they're doing that now. And Lonzo, you uh, we talked about it, knocking down shots. In the half court, he can be that spot-up guy, be a 3-and-D guy. But in the full court setting, he can be a guy who gets out and runs, throws those lob passes, gets you really easy buckets. Uh, I mentioned him as a defender. He's going to have to make up for some of those guys because Vucevic, um, Levine, and DeRozan aren't guarding cones. Right. So he's got his work cut out from him and Caruso. But I think there's a really great path for him in this most, most improved player race. But who's coming away with the award, Miles? Who's your number one pick? You know, it's ironic that, you know, you was throwing dirt on my man's name earlier in this episode, but I'm going to say it. Kevin Porter Jr. So we get rookie of the year and most improved. Oh, no, no you had him second. Yeah, I had yeah. him going. I had JG going second. But let's, let's hear the KPJ case. I sell it to me because I'm down on it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy that we obviously we know that he's had issues when he was in Cleveland. Um, with that locker room situation and how that went down. And people are putting this narrative that, like, oh, my God, he's talented, but he might be he might be a nutcase. He might not be all the way there. But you got to understand, on the court, my man's is a problem. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Last season with the Rockets, was his first season with the Rockets, he averaged 16.6, 42.5 uh, from the field goal, 31, a little – a little over 30, um, 31% from the three-point line, 3.8 rebounds, 6.3 assists, and this is under this is under a, a Rockets team that wasn't good at all. No. So I mean, he had to, he took on that assignment. Like, look, I'm gonna showcase Cleveland messed up. So I feel like you put him in the same backcourt with the talented young rookie coming in, like Jalen Green. You got the veteran leadership of John Wall. You have a talented big in Christian Wood. You got all these pieces. You have a high flyer in Cape and Kevin Martin Jr. So 
Kevin Porter Jr. is definitely going to showcase, like, look, look, Cleveland, y'all messed up. I could have been playing alongside Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, but y'all didn't want to do that. So I'm going to go turn up in Houston. So I feel like, I feel like K- KPJ is definitely going to have a lot to prove this upcoming season, and he's going to showcase that, you know, I'm here. He's going to have the opportunities. I mean, I mentioned it sort of as a bad thing last year that he was putting up numbers, but at the same time, you know, I mean, who else was he running out there with? Christian Wood and then the ghosts of uh, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, and DeMarcus Cousins out there. Like Daniel he, House? Daniel House. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. But yeah. not what well, there's not an all-star crew. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that he's a guy on the scouting report that you're prepping for, and he's still going out there and scoring a lot of points and being effective. So I think he can be a combo guard and maybe be that lead ball handler to pass it to Jalen Green, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure he'll ever become an all-star. But I'd like to see it. We like to see players succeed here. Right. For sure. If he came away with most improved player, no complaints here. But for my picks, I already mentioned Lonzo's third, so I'll just go ahead and skip the second. I've got a different PJ, MPJ. Interesting. Michael Porter Jr., I think that, you know, he gets a lot of opportunity a lot of these awards, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, it's about opportunity. If you don't have opportunity, you can't put up numbers, you can't be successful. So you have to, like, it's a dumb thing to say, but you have to play a lot to score and be effective and get this type of recognition. But MPJ, Jamal Murray is still out. So they mm-hmm. need that number two score next to Jokic. And you're getting easy shots next to Nikola Jokic. You can just walk around and he will find you on open <laughs> shots. You don't even really need to be paying attention. He's going to pass you that yeah. rock, for real. So, I mean, there have been some great stats. I think in his first three years in the league, Michael Porter Jr. in a certain number of games has hit as many threes in a certain percentage, just like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I'll have the exact stat next pod, but, like, it's incredible how great he's shooting. But, you know, can he do more? That's, you know, most improved. Can you improve? Can you show that you're not just a streaky shooter out from three? You're not just six foot nine J.R. Smith. <laughs> Like, can you show some stuff off the dribble? Can you show some facilitating thing? Like, I I don't have the stat for this either, but I'm pretty sure he has one career assist, and it was just off an air ball that somebody picked up and just put it back up. This guy doesn't believe in passing, which you don't necessarily have to next to Jokic, but if you want to be the guy that he thinks he is, which is an all-NBA player, all-MVP-type uh, player, you have to be able to pass, you have to be able to dribble, you got to have multiple levels to your game. you got to understand, though, Coming out of high school, this was the number one player in the country. For sure. Over at Nathan Hale High School, playing travel ball with Trey Young. He understood that nobody could guard him. 6'9", has a skill set of a guard, can have his way offensively and even be a defensive liability as well. So I feel like I like that pick. I'm not even wrong with – I'm not even mad at that. So Yeah, I mean, you talked about defense – and the thing is with him is he has the body to defend, but he doesn't always know where he, you know, looking on the floor, he looks lost, you know? And the thing is, like, his body, he's improving, but he's not a big body necessarily. He's not Lou Dort. Nobody is Lou Dort. But you talked about him being, like, the high school player of the year and all these things, number one player, and taking guys off the dribble. All we're asking is that you show that in the NBA and yeah. not just be a spot-up shooter. Um, I mentioned defense, but you already have your core three guys are Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. I think we can agree on that for the Nuggets, right? Yeah. None of those guys defend. That's fair. So if anyone's going to defend, it needs to be him because he's the one with the most athleticism and the best body for it. Aaron Gordon can't guard everybody. 
Jamal Murray's got to put up more of a fight. He doesn't have to be an elite defender, but can you be solid? Can you be passable? Can you be somebody who doesn't get played off the floor? But you got to understand, though, in today's league, nobody really wants to take on that responsibility. I'm not saying all the time, but, like, can you be aware of where people are positionally and not get backdoored all the time? It's just building good habits for the playoffs. Because, like, I'm not saying, hey, go guard LeBron. Like, no one's guarding LeBron. But, you know, can you be serviceable? Can we not lose the minutes you're on the court? Like, the can't play canner thing. Like, if you're that good of an offensive player, you can outweigh it. But at the same time, you have to get stops at some point. Yeah. For sure. And then number one, I was surprised you didn't have this guy. Jordan Poole, most improved player. I like that. I'm, I, I really forgot about Jordan him. Jordan Poole is averaging crazy. 25 a game in the preseason. He was working out all summer with Clay, offseason Clay. It's a great thing. I'd love to hang out with Clay. But I mean, he, you know, so you know the shots there. He's hitting it from everywhere. He's looking a little bit like, dare I say, like CJ McCollum, another most improved guy, a guy who won most improved. In his third year, this is his third year for Jordan Poole. But, I mean, just like C.J. McCollum, he's got the step back. He's got the sidestep threes. He's got the floater. He's got the deep ball with a capital D. Like, it is damn Curry range on some shots. And he just looks really comfortable. And on top of that, I will hammer this until we just get tired of talking about about opportunity. But they need him to play this well for the Warriors. I mean, you have some guys in the rotation like young wings like Kuminga and Moses Moses Moody. Moose Moody. Moses Moody. Yeah. Shout out Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Kendrick Perkins. But what I'm, uh, you know what I'm saying? They need him to play well if they're going to be a top four, top five seed in the Western Conference. You've already seen the things like within the finals we talked about with the Raptors playing zone, that box and one. The Warriors need the shooters. Here's a shooter. Here's a guy who can facilitate, who can play make, and get it to Curry as well. I think he's in for a great season. I think he has a really great chance to win most improved. You seen that move he did against Wayne Ellington, bro? That that was See, rude. That was disrespectful, bro. But I like that pick though. I feel like with uh Clay coming back from his injury, I feel like Jordan Poole has no other choice but to Can he hold it down until Clay gets back? And I think the answer is yes. And maybe even be that guy off the bench yeah. that could, you know, like be a reserve and be like, okay. You don't, don't have to worry about it. I got the Warriors this. ever having a spark plug like that guy off the bench. I mean, Andre Iguodala came off the bench in that death lineup, but he wasn't the scorer like this. They've had guys like Nick Young who are just shooters, but a guy who can just go out and get you 20 points, that's something they haven't had. Yeah, no, I like that pick in Jay Poole, though. He's a bucket for real. Okay, then last topic today, we talked about most improved. These are guys who have already proved themselves MVP. You know, we have Jokic win it last year in kind of a crazy year where he doesn't miss any games. Who are your top three candidates for MVP coming to this season, Miles? My, fir- my first one. Starting at three. Oh, starting at three. It would have to be. And I'm going to go with Luca. This is what's, a guy. This is a guy that's. He's. When he got drafted in the league, a lot of people, they knew about him, but they obviously were like, okay, he's not even. He's just some foreign guy, you know. Dallas loves drafting these foreign guys who think they're nice, but when they come in the league, they're really not. But I feel like Luca, ever since he's gotten to the league, people understood that, okay, this guy's tough. So He's on pace with Jordan and LeBron on some of these stats. Not saying he's going to be there, but you just look at the numbers. It's You can't ignore how efficient and how good he's been, and he's on pace with a lot of those all-time great guys. Which is so weird considering you look at him – and he look he looks like a plumber. He's built like a like 
He's built like imagine a Imagine when he gets bit. in good shape. Ima- just imagine if bro had the body of like, I don't know. Giannis. Lo- Giannis. <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy. But obviously, we're talking about his skill set. This is a generational skill set that we're seeing in, in Luka right now. Him being drafted, just show- showcasing that, um, you know, he's very talented with the ball. He can make shots for his teammates. Uh, I understand that the Dallas Mavericks don't have don't really he doesn't really have the best talented pieces around him. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Trey Burke, they really But the cases for Luca to win MVP is he puts up gaudy stats. He puts right. up like Russell Westbrook stats in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. So I mean he's 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 been balling right now. I'm expecting a another historic season from him right now, breaking his own records and being in that same category as Jordan and Braun, like you said. So I feel like Luka is my Luka should be in the MVP race um this upcoming season. That's a great pick. I mean I also had him number three. That's a great really? list for you miles so far. <laughs> just starting off. I'm doing great. Yeah, but I mean, you saw him with Slovenia carrying those bunch of random guys playing really, really well. I think Luca kind of likes having the burden of scoring all the points, but he's definitely going to be in position for a great season. Whole lot of points. Luca is much watch basketball at all times. Also, did you see what he did in in the Olympics? Yeah, with Slovenia, he was a problem, bro. He was outplaying everybody. Straight up problem. That's crazy. But who you got for number two? I'm going to go with the finals MVP of last season, Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. I butchered that name. Doesn't matter sorry. how you say a name. You just say MVP. Just say MVP next to his name. That's all you got to say. So I feel like with this upcoming season, um, him coming off a championship, finals MVP, 50-piece uh, nuggets, you know, mm-hmm. where he asked for Chick-fil-A in the – yeah. With the mixture 50, of Sprite. Not 49. Yeah. 50, not 51, 50. With the mixture of Sprite and mm-hmm. lemonade. Half, what was it, half? Half and half, maybe? Half and half of Sprite and lemonade. I got to start drinking that. I don't know. If, if, if that's going to make gonna me. that's going to help me? If that's going to make me hoop like Giannis, I, I'm going to drink that. I'll I, I try that at Chick-fil-A. But um, I feel like he definitely still has a lot to prove to himself, not to just not just to NBA fans, but to himself, really. You're like, can I do this again? Can I repeat and st- and showcase that, you know, I'm still one of the most generation- generational um, talents in the league right now? Um, but I, f- I feel like um, it'll definitely be great to see Giannis um, take over the league and showcase that, you know, this isn't just a shooter's league. I can drive to the paint whenever I wanted to and showcase that, look, I'm going to, like James Harden said, I can just run and dunk and still take over the league. Mm-hmm. So, well, and then I mean that'd be three MVPs in four years. That'd be crazy elite company. I can't even think of the guys who've done that. But who do you got for number one? I'm gonna go with shout out the flight reacts. Steph, chef, look at Curry, man. <laughs> I'll have to go with inspirational. Steph Curry. It's just so inspirational, man. I could go on and on about how great Steph Curry is, but I feel like him being. Him being the golden child for the Warriors and showcasing that, you know, this is – I'm still – even without Clay, I can showcase that I'm still as dominant and can take over whenever I want to. I'm the human torch. I'm the baby-faced assassin. I, you're going to have to guard me all 94 feet because I'm going to shoot wherever I want to and just have my way throughout the league. And he's definitely going to put up some historic numbers. I feel like with Clay slowly coming back into his own, you got – um Draymond the talented talented player that he is you got uh pieces around him that could 
help him that can showcase that you know he can help out um those around him whenever he wants and also showcase that he's he can light it up whenever he wants to and drop 30 40 50 whenever he wants to i think we have the same top three different order though really i had Giannis one steph two luca three Mind you, you want me to start on Giannis or Steph? Let me remind y'all that we don't make, we don't share notes before we come here and no, do we this part. Yeah, real. we just, we just want the other one to be shocked about what we have. So let go ahead, Mike. You want me to start with Giannis? Why he's gonna win, or why Steph's second? Wherever you want to, bro. Okay, Giannis. The case for him is it feels like he's gotten the monkey off his back, and he's really figured out and unlocked everything we've talked about before. Is this the new Giannis? It looked like it in the preseason last night. Yeah. It looked like he was driving, killing guys. It looked like he's not worried about anything at all, and he's hungry, especially after coming off last season, like winning a ring where people think that they lucked out because the Nets weren't healthy and the Lakers weren't healthy. I think he's going to be on a mission along with the Bucks this year. They're going to win a bunch of games like they always do. He's going to put up incredible numbers. Three MVPs in four years would be insane. Mm-hmm. And then for Steph... I mean, you mentioned it. He's going to put up a bunch of points. He's going to be Super Saiyan Steph for a bunch of games where he puts up 50 and hits 10 threes, and he's on all the highlights, and people are feigning in the stands and whatever. Steph is incredible. I just don't think that he wins enough games, kind of like uh, the Luka argument. Traditionally, outside of a couple of years, like the rest year, winning MVP, you got to be a top three seed. And I don't know that the Mavs— And they Mavs finished at like eighth, right? Yeah, and I don't see the Mavs or Warriors doing that. But since we have the same top three, is there anybody who's maybe an honorable mention who you didn't, who was like on the outside looking in? Like for me, it was Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant can do it, but like, is he going to play enough games? Do the Nets care about the regular season at all? I wanted to, I didn't want to be basic and choose KD. Uh, That's a good question, though. As far as my honorable mention, I'm going to go. I'm looking a little far left here. Okay. I'm gonna have to go. I have to go, Paul George. Okay, I mean it's an honorable mention, so we're getting out there. But what's the case for Paul George? I could see, I could just see Paul George um, showcasing that, even though he's he doesn't have his um his partner Kawhi with him. You know, he's coming back from injuries. Paul George is gonna showcase, like, look, I wasn't supposed. This wasn't an accident for me to to me to make make it that far in the playoffs um, with the young talent that he had. He had Terrence Mann. He had um, Reggie have, Jackson. Yeah, Reggie Jackson. So yeah. I was like, I feel like Paul George is definitely going to showcase that, like, look, y'all still sleeping on me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake y'all up. I mean, he finished top three in MVP two years ago, and people are still kind of forgetting. I still think the same thing where it's like Luka and Steph, can they win enough games? But Paul George can turn back the clock. He can be Indiana Paul George. I think whenever he has more usage, it makes him better. Mm -hmm. But we're just going to have to wait and see. I'm really excited. We'll finish these um, NBA predictions for awards on the Thursday pod. But before we get out of here, Miles, do you have anything to say to the people? Make sure y'all like and subscribe. I'll see y'all next time. For sure. Sounds good. We will see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Thundergrads podcast. Like I said before, we record on Mondays and Thursdays. Thank you so much for listening.